Jewish audio on Kaban.org. Welcome as we continue with the laws, Hilchais Mila, the laws of circumcision. And today, Be'ezes Hashem, we conclude the uh, laws of circumcision. Pedak Shlishi, chapter 3, Hamol, the one who actually does the bris, we call him the Moel, Mevorech, he has to make a bracha, Kedem Sheyamol, before he circumcises the person or the baby. What's the bracha? Asher Kedeshonu B'mitzvei Savitzivonu, that begins like every bracha, Baruch HaTah Hashem, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kedeshonu, who sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us, Al Hamila, concerning circumcision, says the Rambam, that is the bracha he makes, Imol Ben Chavere, if he circumcises somebody else's son. However, Vimol is B'nai, if he circumcises his own son, Mevorech, he makes a bracha, says the Rambam, B'tzivonu, Lomul Es Haben, to circumcise our own son. And there's discussion as to whether in actuality somebody really does that or other halacha codifiers say it's always the same bracha, al-hamila, whether one is circumcising his own son or somebody else's son. On top of that bracha, in addition to that bracha, ma'avi haben, avi haben, the father of the baby, mevorech, makes bracha acheres, another bracha. And if you've been up close and personal at a bris, you see that the Moel makes a bracha, and immediately somebody encourages the father, now make the bracha. The father makes the bracha. What's the bracha? The father makes a different bracha. Baruch Hashem Asher who sanctified us with his commandments, Bitsivonu, and commanded us, to cause him to enter the covenant of Abraham, our patriarch. There is a greater mitzvah of sitting upon a father to circumcise his son above the mitzvah in general of the community seeing to it that any uncircumcised male is circumcised, because we learned earlier that it's the community's responsibility that they not have any uncircumcised Jewish men amongst them. But primarily, it's a responsibility of the father. That's nice when there is a father present. The fecal, therefore, remains shamaviv if the person's father, the baby's father, is not there. Ein mevorchen then someone else does not have to make that bracha. That is the father's bracha. But others claim that the head of the beddin of the court of the community, or one of the congregations, should make the bracha. So the Rambam says, I feel that it's inappropriate to do this. And uh, others, such as the Ravid, say 
that perhaps the sandak, the one holding the baby, should make the blessing, and this has morphed into different applications. Okay. Base. Halacha 2. If there were people standing there observing this bris, they have a response to this blessing which the father makes. What's the bracha? What's the response? They say, Kishem shehichnastoy labris. In this version, the community addresses the father, who just made the bracha, and says to the father, just as you brought him into the covenant, meaning the covenant of Abraham, so too may you merit to bring him into a life of Torah, marriage and good deeds, practically speaking. It's brought down, and the custom is that we speak directly to the issue at hand, we say, just as the child has entered into covenant. Instead of addressing the father, we say, different verbiage. Gimel. And following that, either the father of the baby, or the Moel, the one who circumcises, or anybody else, then makes a bracha. And in our world, when I say our world and the world that I've seen, they usually honor somebody to make this bracha, preceded by Borei Priagofen. What is the bracha? Blessed are you, God, our Lord, King of the Universe. Asher Kidesh Yedid Mibeten, who has sanctified the cherished from the womb, the Cheik Bishaidesom, affixed his covenant in his flesh, Vitsetsoab, Chosam Bi'eis Briskadesh, and sealed his descendants with the sign of the Holy Covenant. So we're talking about Abraham and his descendants. Al Cain, therefore, Bishar Zeis. As a reward for this circumcision, Kale Chai Chalkenu Tzurenu, Living God, our portion, our rock, Tziva Lahatzil Yididus Sheirenu Mishachas, has ordained that the beloved of our flesh be saved from the abyss. Laman Brisei Ashasam Bifsarenu. Why should we be saved from the abyss? In the merit for the sake of His covenant, which He set into our flesh. The bris is such a great merit that it saves a person from the abyss. Baruch ato Hashem, blessed are you Hashem. The blessing concludes, keres habris, he who establishes the covenant. Then he brings down, ben, and, and practically there are some minor changes in words, but this is pachoto yoter, more or less what is said. Now he brings down that Vabi Aben, the father of the baby, Mevorech, then makes a bracha, Shechionu, thanking God for bringing him and allowing him to live and sustaining him to bring him to this day. As we've spoken earlier, this has today broken down into custom. Sephardic Jews recite Shechionu by and large. Within Ashkenazic Jews, some do, many don't, and the reason why not to, as explained earlier, is because the baby is unhappy, is feeling pain, is feeling anguish, 
and it's not an appropriate setting for Shechianu, which is a blessing recited in a happy setting when the baby is upset, and the argument against that is, come on, the baby's not so upset, he's drinking wine, he's having a good time, have a bagel and lox and chill and relax. So that's the discussion as to whether we have the Shechianu prayer recited at the bris mila or not. Dalid, what about the bracha when one circumcises a convert? We learned that part of the key steps of conversion, in addition to accepting the mitzvahs, in addition to immersing in a mikvah, in addition to bringing a sacrifice during the time of the Beis Amikdash, the key critical component of conversion is circumcision. When the Moel circumcises a convert, what bracha does he make? Who sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to circumcise converts and to extract from them the blood of the covenant. If not for the blood of the covenant, heaven and earth would not be maintained, would not be sustained. As it says, the verse, If not for my covenant day and night, I would have never established the laws of heaven and earth. The world continues to function in the merit of bris. Famous teaching that David HaMelech, King David, a great scholar, a great warrior, a prophet, composer of the Psalms, King David was always surrounded by mitzvahs. He walked into the bathhouse once and he said, as they say these days on, uh, on computer, OMG! Oh my God, I have no mitzvahs, I'm naked of mitzvahs. Until he realized that he has the mitzvah of circumcision, of bris milah, which goes with him wherever he goes. So he was comforted that this is a mitzvah which is literally ingrained and engraved within his flesh. So the bracha is a little different. Hamoles avdei, we learned earlier that during the time that the world practiced slavery, if somebody, if a Jew purchased a slave, that slave becomes a Jew, immerses in a mikveh and is circumcised, and upon liberation becomes a full-fledged Jew. So you have a bracha when you circumcise the Ebed. Mevorech, makes a bracha. To circumcise the slaves. To extract from them the blood of covenant. If not for the blood of covenant, again, heaven and earth would not exist. If he circumcises somebody else's slave, for the circumcision of slaves. What if somebody circumcises an adult, which again is very common, was very common in our era when so many Jews came out of Russia 
Soviet communist Russia, which was locked down for so many years, and so many people came out uncircumcised, and they began to circumcise adolescents and adults and so on. Very, very common back then. Being that this person is not a child, but an adult. We learned earlier that the, an immodest exposure of a child is not a problem if it's a baby, but an adult has to be modestly attired. So here we have an adult that's exposed. You can't make a bracha in front of that exposure. So we have to cover the privates until the blessing is made. And after that, he uncovers it, and he does the circumcision, a practical halacha. Now comes a practical thing, which is very common. Ger, what if there's a convert? So we learned that the convert, one of the main ingredients of his syllabus, of, of his agenda, is circumcision. Shemol kaidim shinizgaya. The problem is he's already circumcised. While he was in the state of being a non-Jew, when he was born, he was circumcised by a doctor. Now he's coming to convert. What do you do? Or, in a rare case, we're caught in a child. Excuse me one second. Let me have a sip of tea. Shenelad, who was born... Kishahu Mohu when he's circumcised. So what do we do? You, you need to circumcise, but there's nothing to circumcise. So you, we learned earlier that you draw, you extract a little bit of blood, a tiny drop of blood. This is a ritual process of circumcision. Now the question is, do you make a brocha? He says, being that it's only extracting a tiny drop of blood, these cases do not require a blessing. So also, androgynous, we learned earlier about an androgynous, who we're not sure if it's male or female, you can't make a bracha, because it's not a certain male. And this is consistent with what we learned earlier, that you always do the act when you're in doubt, but you do not make the blessing when you're in doubt. I'll share a, a very funny story. At least it's funny now, which uh, I was a part of. Uh, many, many years ago, I was involved with a wonderful family who, when I met them, the husband was a very uh, fine Jewish young man who, unbeknownst to him, had been married to a a non-Jewish woman. Uh, It's the world we live in. He didn't realize he's doing anything uh, inappropriate or whatever. An intermarriage shouldn't happen like it happens. And they became very involved and so on and so forth. And there came a point in time where the woman and her children decided to undergo a proper halachic conversion. You know, mazel tov, wonderful. So I introduced them to the bedin, and they set it up, and so on. And, and the woman comes over to me, she says, Rabbi, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I, I understand that uh, one of the things that have to be done is circumcision. Now, you should know that my son is circumcised. So, 
I heard that it's not a big deal. I said, please, you have nothing to be afraid of. I said, the mole is just going to take and take a little, make a little pinprick and a little tiny drop of blood is going to come out. It's, he, he won't even feel it. There's nothing to worry about. And she says, Rabbi, thank you very much. Anyway, I meet her the next day. I said, how did it go? She says, it was wonderful. But there's one thing I really, really was shocked. When the time came for that procedure you talked about, the moil said to my little boy, okay, we need uh, you to lower your pants. And I said, what pants? The rabbi said the finger. <laughs> True story. You've got to be careful what you say. Zion, seven, akum, what if there's an idolater? By the way, the word akum stands for oved, kochavim, umazalot. One who serves stars and uh, planets, uh, an, an idolater. We learned earlier in the long protracted section of idolatry that idolatry is one of the transgressions forbidden even to non-Jews. It's one of the seven Noahide laws. Every human being should recognize that there's one God, the Creator. To worship idols is a big no-no. And forbidden. And Jews are forbidden to tolerate idolaters in Israel when the Jewish government runs Israel. So here's an idolater. And he has a problem on his foreskin, because there's a growth there, a tumor a boil, something there. Which developed. The question is, can this Jewish Moel help this guy? He's an idolater. One would think it would be forbidden for a Jew to cut it. Because and we learned that the idolater in Israel, under Jewish rule, we don't save them from death. And we don't put them into the pit they should die. We just are neutral. Because by law you can argue that anybody who violates the seven Noahide laws does so at the risk of his life. Yet we don't kill people for violating the seven Noahide laws. We also don't save them when they're in trouble. Because they are idolaters in Israel. Even though you can argue that a bris is a mitzvah agenda. The fact is that the idolater doesn't intend to do a mitzvah. However, if the idolater says, you know what, I'm going to look at it as a mitzvah, you can argue and say it's permissible for the Jew to circumcise him, and all the commentaries bring out that nowadays this law does not apply, and nowadays we should certainly assist any non-Jew, idolater or not, in helping them, and, and so on and so forth. It's not a simple law as it's brought down in the simplicity of the Rambam. Okay, winding down now, the Rambam says, The whole idea of an uncircumcised male or a foreskin, is something that's repugnant. It's disgusting. In the prophets, the nations of the world, 
are deprecated due to the fact that they are uncircumcised. Shenamar as it says, Kichol Hagoyim, all of the nations are Elim are uncircumcised. And the mitzvah of circumcision is so great, massive. In fact, Abraham, our patriarch, was not described as a complete person at Shemol until he was circumcised. As it says, Walk before me, be complete. What's complete? A bris. And I will grant my covenant. Between me and you. That's the greatness of the covenant of circumcision. It made Abraham complete. On the other hand, anybody who desecrates, who breaks the covenant of Abraham, our patriarch, and he left his foreskin uncircumcised, or he was circumcised and he it tempts to undo it by stretching it and pulling it back over. He may be a great Torah scholar. He may be a master of good deeds. As long as it's not a health issue where he's not allowed to be circumcised. If he wantonly desecrates the mitzvah, abstains from the mitzvah of circumcision, he loses his portion in the world to come. Closing paragraph 9. Come and see. How stringent, how severe the mitzvah of circumcision is. There's the story in the Chumash where Moshe Rabbeinu he was on the way, he was staying in the hotel, he was in the Motel 6 together with Zipporah and his children. And then it says a serpent came, wanted to kill him. Zipporah went and circumcised his son who was on... A whole long story where Moshe was almost killed because he procrastinated the circumcision of his son. Why did he procrastinate the circumcision of his son? This is not the place for it. But in simple terms, because he was rushing to go to Egypt to follow God's commandment. He figured that's more important. So we see how strict God was with Moshe, where Moshe almost lost his life because he procrastinated performing this mitzvah on his son for good reason. Until Zipporah grabbed a sharp flintstone, Mrs. Moshe, and she circumcised the baby. Furthermore, the Rambam teaches us in this famous paragraph that all the commandments of the Torah, the Torah has got a lot of commandments. Nichrasu alehem sholish brises. In totality, there are three covenants which were established for Torah observance. Shanemar, as it says. In the Torah, Ela, the above are, Divre Habris, the words of the covenant, Ashatsiva Hashem, that's one time. Milvad, in addition to Habris, the covenant, Asherkorasitam Bakhirev, which he entered into them at Chorev, Vishomhu Omer, and there. He says, Atem Nitzav Mayom Kulcham. Y'all are standing here today. La'obracha, to cause you to enter into. Bebris Hashem Elokecha. So the covenant of God, Torah, is enumerated. Uses the word bris three times. Hare Sholish Brises. 
Milo, but regarding the mitzvah of the covenant of circumcision, just in the story of Abraham's circumcision, there are 13 usages of the word covenant. And here he goes on to enumerate them. The etna brisi benio benechon, I will give, I will place my covenant between me and you. Ani hine brisi itoch, I behold, my covenant is with you. Vakimosi as brisi itoch, I will establish my covenant with you. Libris elam, for an eternal covenant. Viato in you, as brisi, my covenant, tishmer, you should guard. Zeis brisi, this is my covenant, asher tishmeru. It shall be a sign as a covenant. He's enumerating all the usages of the word covenant, counting thirteen. The covenant shall be in your my covenant shall be within your flesh. an eternal covenant. As brisi he nullified my covenant. I will establish my covenant with him. as an eternal covenant. As brisi and my covenant, I will establish as yitzchak. And uh, Baruch Hashem, we completed the laws of Mila of circumcision. Actually, we have two more chapters, which are the order of prayer, which we'll learn over the next two shiurim. And that will mark the conclusion of book two of the 14 books of Mishnah Torah, Yad HaChazokah.